Would you guys welcome back Pastor Albert Tate with us this Yo, yo, good morning. How y'all doing? Y'all good? Yo, I am peacock proud and hyena happy to be in the house this morning. I'm telling you, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go make Mike Erie put on long pants. Um, <laughs> now, I am, I am so glad to be here in honor of all the beautiful children uh, that have been uh, dedicated. Wasn't that just a bomb? It was just great. Let's give it up for all these amazing families. I can really relate to the little girl that knows all the songs to Frozen. Our daughters just watched it for the sixth time. Um, So to her, I say, let it go, let it go. No, not anymore. It's just like in my head. Um, I am so glad to to be back out uh, here at EV Free this morning. And before we open up God's Word together, I I just want to give a little warning. The passage that we're going to this morning is a very, very familiar passage of Scripture. It's so familiar that you will probably have to resist the temptation uh, of theologically checking out prematurely. Uh, If you've been around church for any amount of time, you're probably pretty familiar with this passage. But my prayer for both you and I this morning is that God would give us fresh eyes and fresh ears to see, hear, and experience this text again for the first time. So I pray that God would give us fresh eyes to hear these ancient words anew. Having said that, would you meet me in John chapter 3, verse 16. John chapter 3, verse 16. Hear these words of our Father. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. I'll say it again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him, would not perish, but have everlasting life. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, thank you so much. I I, I pray that in these next few moments, you would tune our ear to your voice so that we might hear you ever so clearly. Father, would would you turn our hearts toward you? So we might experience the fullness of all that you have for us this morning. God, it's to that end that I ask that you would stand in my body, think through my mind, speak through my vocal cords, those things that you would have me say, know, and do. May the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, you are my strength. You are my redeemer. Have your way in this great church today. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Uh, La Rosa and I, my wife, we moved to Southern California uh, about seven, eight years ago. Uh, we moved from Mississippi, there we both born and raised, out to California. And y'all, our first two weeks in Southern California, we had no kids back then or nothing. Moved to California, no kids. First two weeks in Southern California, my wife got pregnant. Uh, we didn't have no cable and internet in the house, and that's just kind of what happened. Uh, <laughs> kind of what happened. So three kids later, we got a rule. We ain't moving unless cable and internet is already on. We just got to be on. We ain't going in until it's on, until it's on. Um, so we moved to a new city, new job, new baby. Everything is just uncomfortable. Everything is just being stretched. So my wife's birthday comes up and I know I got to take it up to the next level. I got to, I mean, I got to really turn it up for my wife. I, I got to turn up for my wife. Uh, I'm sorry, turn up for my wife. I've got to do an ex exceptionally great job at buying a great gift to inspire and encourage her. I got to turn up for her. Um, so. So I asked my California friends, I said, dude, how, how do y'all get it done for you? How do y'all take it when y'all want to take it to the next level with your wifey? How do you do it? What do you do? To a person, they all said, Albert, man, you got to take your wife to Tiffany's. I said, who is Tiffany? Um, <laughs> I said, come on, man, you don't just trust us, Albert, just go. It's Tiffany's, I'm telling you, you just got to go. So, you know, I said, okay, my California friends, let me go check it out. I walk into Tiffany's, see the price, I walk right back out. I said... <laughs> I said, is there a Tamika or a Tasha or somebody? Because me and Tiffany, it ain't working. I'm sorry. I, give, me, give me a Ralph's, a Vons, a Bill's. Give me somebody. But me and this Tiffany chick, no, we, boo, we ain't working. It ain't it. They said, Albert, listen, dude, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, it's, I'm telling you, it's worth it. Just, I mean, just for the blue box alone, it's worth it. I said, well, you should have told me that to begin with. Hey, Tiffany, can I just get a blue box? This is the box. She said, no, it don't work like that. So I look around. So I'm in the store. Have, have, have you ever been in a store? You ain't got no business being in. <laughs> like when they sat down and created this store, they did not have you in mind. Like one of those stores. So I'm looking around, y'all, and this stuff, man, it's just, I'm looking around. So I, I kind of get comfortable, and I find, I actually see something. I was like, oh, wow, that's nice, you know? So before I could even catch myself, I was like, Hey, yeah, let me see that. Let me see that. So they, they pulled it out, and I look at it. $13,000. And you know, like, I'm trying to play it off because I'm trying to act like I belong in the store. But my ATM card is laughing at me. You know what I'm saying? You ever had your, your wallet just giggle, just laugh? Be like, oh, yeah, right, yeah. You know, so $13,000. I wanted to look at the woman and say, lady, are you crazy? Have you lost your mind? But you know, you can't say that to the lady. So I was like, oh, you know, she probably like another color. Let me see, what else you got? Let me see, what else we got in here? So I'm just kind of looking around. I'm kind of looking for a cheap section, but uh, Tiffany, my girl, she ain't got no cheap section. She... So I finally find like this little, this little necklace with a little heart on it, with a little locket on it. And I got it, I got it. 18 more payments, it'll be ours, we're on it. Um, so I get it. Puts it in the little blue box. I get ready, y'all. I get ready to give this to my wife. And I, I'm not going to lie. I'm just going to tell you the truth. I'm going to be honest. I want a response. <laughs> like, I'm giving you this gift, and I, I want something in return. I want a response. I don't want, I don't want no, oh, that's not, no, 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 no. I want tears coming down your face. <laughs> I want tears. And I don't want this little cute cry. No, 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 no. I want the ugly cry. I want the snot bubble. I want... <laughs> 
I want that asthmatic that <laughs> I want that asthmatic breakdown cry. Give me some oxygen. You know what I'm saying? I want it bad. So my wife comes, y'all, and, I'm, and I give her the blue box. Let me just tell you. All the fellas in the house, if you want to take it to the next level with your wife, with your girl, with your boo, with, you know what I'm saying? Like, dude, take her to my girl Tiffany. I'm telling you, it's something magical about the box. I pull out the box, just looking at the box, <laughs> tears already streaming down. And you know, I'm like, you know, just open it up. It's something up in there. It's something up in there. You know, I'm just like, dude, you ain't even done yet. Y'all, she opened up the box, and she, let me just say, let me just say this. It was a black eyed peas kind of night. <laughs> y'all know that is? Y'all know, there's one of those nights, you know, I got a feeling tonight's going to be a good night. Tonight's going to be a good, good night. Tonight's that night. Hey, it was a, dude, um, I'm telling you, that night, we, 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 we worshiped the Lord together. We worshiped the Lord together. Yeah. And you know, we end up having another kid. Uh, so, no, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. What would have happened if she would have just looked at the box and said, oh, oh, that's, Albert, that's nice. That's cute. Let me, let me just put this right over here. That's cute. Oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> oh, no, you didn't. Or, or what if she, what if she actually opened it up and put it out? I was like, oh, my goodness, that is great. I got an outfit that this could go with. That's nice. I just, I love to wear this with that outfit. Well, no, 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 no. You're going to wear it with that outfit and every other outfit you will ever wear for the rest of your life. <laughs> As a matter of fact, you will never take this necklace off of your neck. You will die with this necklace on your neck. <laughs> You will see Jesus with this necklace on your neck. You will see Jesus. You will say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Albert. And thank you, Tiffany, for all working together for my good. That's how you're going to do this necklace right here. I put too much into this, but you be talking about some accessory. Because every great gift demands a great response. Every great gift demands a great response. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Friends, God gave us the greatest gift that could ever be given, the greatest gift that has ever been given given Jesus Christ. He gave us this great gift. And the question that I want to put on the table this morning is what's your response? How have you responded to the greatest gift that's ever been given? Some of us, some of us, we say, we say, oh, wow, I, oh, Jesus, that's nice. Oh, Jesus, that's cool. I'm just going to put you, I'm just going to put you right over here on the shelf. I'm just going to, that's nice. Or some of us, we go further than that. We're a little bit more progressive than that. We, we've, actually, we've actually engaged Jesus. We've actually pulled him out. And we, we see, oh, Jesus, this is great. Jesus, as a matter of fact, you will go great with a lot of parts of my life. So I'm going to leave you over on the side, and I'm going to use you as an accessory, and I'm going to pull you out when my worldly fashion fits you. Did you get that? What I used there was a metaphor, and I used spiritual things for clothing. Did you get that? 
You see how I flipped that right there before you, before you, they teach you that in seminary. Actually, they don't. Um, <laughs> some of us, what we do is we say, Jesus, I want to wear you like an accessory and you match my disposition today, so I'll wear you. But, but today I really don't need to wear it because I'm wearing my flesh. I'm wearing my pride. I'm wearing my arrogance. I'm wearing my self-righteousness and I don't really need you today. I'm wearing my own addiction. I'm wearing my own self-pleasure. I'm wearing my own self-pursuits. Oh, but, but, oh, oh, but I got a problem today, so Jesus, I need you because you go great with problems. I'm in a crisis. I need you, Jesus, because Christ goes great with crisis. Y'all really match up really well. So now that I'm in dramas breaking loose and all hell is breaking loose in my life, then I want to pull Jesus off the shelf and wear him like an accessory to my life because he matches my problem. This morning, I want to talk about what does it mean to give God the response that he demands, that he requires, and ultimately that he deserves. How do you respond to the greatest gift that has ever been given? What do you do with Jesus? Is he an accessory in your life? Is he a second thought? Is he in the box that you will break open in time of fire or crisis? Until then, I just do what I want to do. What do you do with this greatest gift that's ever been given? I'm glad you asked. John helps us. He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, who can get this gift? Whosoever, who is this, who, who's qualified? Whosoever, who can get it, gain access? Whosoever, whosoever believes, 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 believes. Whosoever believes in him. He said, if you just believe in him. Now, belief has a threefold dynamic to it. You got to understand, belief is more than just um, mental assent. It's more than just me coming to a logical, rational conclusion in my mind of my belief in God. It is that, but it's more than that. It's not just belief. I, 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 I believe that I can sit in this chair. All 247 pounds of myself, I believe, can, hold, can be held by this chair. That's a down by 11 pounds after my January detox, by the way. Hello. Um, <laughs> I, I believe that it can hold me. As a matter of fact, I don't even have to tell you. I'll show you. I believe this church. I believe. I'll show you. I believe that it can hold me. I believe that it can hold me. So therefore, I am going to. I believe. I believe. <laughs> am, I, am, I, am I sitting in a chair? No. I'm, I'm not sitting in a chair. <laughs> am I sitting in a chair? Not yet. See, just because I believe in my mind that I can sit in a chair doesn't mean that I'm sitting in a chair. It's a difference between in my mind saying I believe and with my life and with my body and with my whole disposition saying I believe. See, many of us with Jesus Christ, we say in our mind, I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus with my whole heart, with my whole life, everything I got. I believe in Jesus. And what do we see? Do we see me sitting in the chair? No. Do we see a bad Instagram picture waiting to happen? Yes. And, and you know this is you because what's happening now, if my knees could talk right now, they will begin to tell you, I'm getting a little tired, getting a little weak. 
Because of my belief and my refusal to sit in the chair, that means my legs are starting to carry the weight and it's starting to get heavy. And some of you, because of your belief in God, but your refusal to rest in Him, your life is starting to get heavy and you're starting to get tired because you're feeling the weightiness, because you're doing something that you weren't designed to do. You're carrying your life in your own strength and you just weren't made for that. You weren't made to carry the weight of your life. But there you are, singing songs, listening to sermons, believing, but never resting. You've come to a rational conclusion that God is good. You've come to a logical conclusion that God is good, but your faith in your life has not come to the place to where it's actually willing to consent your will over to his. Do you understand what I'm saying? So not only do you need mental assent, but you need consent of the will. You have to be willing to do that that you know is right. It's not enough to know that it's right, but you've got to be willing. Consent of the will, you've got to be willing to do that that you know is right. So you've got to be willing to, watch this now, not just believe, but believe. I believe because I'm willing to to surrender. I'm willing to take my will and align it with his. Ooh, I feel better already. I'm just breathing. I just, oh, Lord. So, but, but it's more than just that. It's not just in my mind coming to a logical conclusion. It's just not my will then uh, uh, obeying his will with how I live. Uh, that could lead to morality. It could lead to you doing just great performances and you just doing everything that's right for the sake of doing everything that's right. This third element It's really what brings it home. Ascent of the mind, consent of the will, and watch this now, the reclining of the heart. The reclining of the heart. Not just for your mind to believe, not just for your hands to believe, but for your heart to rest and recline in him. Uh, Y'all not getting it, let me help you. Sir, sir, would you come here? Would you you help me out? You with the jacket on? Yeah, come on, come on. Come on, just come up. Yeah, come all the way up. Just stroll lightly and take your time. That'd be great. Yeah. What's your name? Ray? Come on up, Ray. Ray, you're going to be Jesus, all right? Is that, is that your wife over there? That is my wife. Is that why she started laughing when I said that? Have a seat, Ray. So Ray, Ray's going to be Jesus. And, and what we say to Jesus is, Jesus, we want you to be on the throne of our life. We want you to be the center. We want you to be in full control. We give everything over to you. Jesus, we surrender. Not, not, not about my life, not about what I want. It's about what you want for my life. So I surrender to you. So Ray, you're going to lead my life, and I'm going to follow your lead. I'm going to trust you, Jesus. You're going to lead, and I'm going to follow you, Jesus. And wherever you lead, Jesus, I'm going to follow. Jesus, you're doing a great job. This is great. Jesus, we got this. We're on this journey together. They're following. Matter of fact, Jesus, we've been going together so long. This is so good. Jesus, I mean, my life is going so good. Jesus, this is great. Jesus, like we make a, we make a great team. Jesus, this is good. Just get close. We make a great team. Jesus, this is, this is so, so good. Oh, 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 Jesus, my boss want to meet with me. Yo, I, can, oh, I might lose my job. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, please. Jesus, I need your help. Jesus, I don't want to lose my job. Jesus, I just, I just, I don't want to lose my job. Jesus, can you? Oh, the uh, downsides, there ain't nothing we can do. Oh, Obamacare, oh man, oh Jesus, Jesus. oh Jesus, Jesus, this is bad, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, I got, I, got a, I, got a, I got a job interview, I got a new job, new job with better benefits. Oh man, Obamacare, this is great, Jesus, 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 my life is going great, Jesus, thank you so much, Jesus. As a matter of fact, I like this job, 
better than my old job. This, 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 this job, I can do my passions. I can do what I was born to do. Hey, Jesus, you're great. Thank you, Jesus. Hit that, Jesus. There you go, Jesus. This is so good. Jesus, thank you. This is a great job. I love this job. Oh, this is my, my, doctor, my doctor's results came back. Oh, I got, I got to come into this. Oh, Jesus, please, Jesus, help me. Jesus, Jesus, oh, I got to go. I just, I just got these benefits, and then we already tested them. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, please. I got to, oh, the test, okay, inconclusive. I'm healthy. I can go back to work. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Jesus, you make so many ways out of no ways. You're so good. Excuse me. Jesus, you're so good. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, you're so good. Hit that, Jesus, hit that. Hey, Jesus, you're good. Jesus is great. Jesus, Jesus, you know. I'm, I'm single for a long time, Jesus. I love to be in a relationship, Jesus. Uh, I love to have a wife. Jesus, would you, would you help me find a wife? Well, let me pick her out first. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, her, her. Jesus, would you, would you bless this woman that I come up with? Uh, would, you, would you bless this relationship? Oh, you're so cute. I love you too, baby. This is so great. You and I, uh, you're just such a great treasure. Oh, Jesus, this is so good. This is so good. Jesus, our relationship is going so good, Jesus. I think we're going to get married. She's so, so sweet. Love is an open door. This is so good. Oh, oh, Jesus, she crazy, Jesus, she crazy, Lord Jesus, Jesus, I don't know what's wrong with her, take her away, Jesus, take her away, unfriend, unfollow, unfriend, unfollow, take her away, Jesus, please, where she came from, Jesus. Do you see yourself? You see how we do? We... We, we battle with Jesus. We don't recline. We negotiate the terms. I hear some of you saying, ah, that's so sacrilegious. I would never ask Jesus to get up off the seat. Who does that? No one asks Jesus to get off the throne. You can't, you know how dangerous it is to ask Jesus to get off the throne? I would never, ever ask Jesus to get off the throne. But I will ask him to scoot over. Just scoot over just a little bit. Just scoot over. Because I don't want you to get, you scoot over and we can, hold on, I need another cheek room. I need some more cheeks. <laughs> oh, this, no, 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 Jesus, you sit down. Just scoot over. This is, See, it, do, it doesn't take long to figure out we, this chair wasn't designed for both of us. Some of us, that's what God is saying to you. My throne wasn't designed for the both of us. I didn't die on the cross, shed my blood, give my life, so that I can come and negotiate terms with you. I didn't die on the cross so I can be your consultant. I died on the cross and I got up on the third day with all power in my hand so I can be your savior and you can be the one surrendered to my throne. He didn't come to negotiate terms with you. He didn't come to share his throne with you. He came so that you, you don't get to sit in the seat. You get to recline and rest at his feet. This is where he's called for you to be. Belief is just not the sit of the mind. It's just not the, the willingness of your, uh, uh, it's not just your, the consent of your will, but it's also the reclining. Uh, it's the ability to, to rest. <laughs> In Jesus. It, it's the reclining of the heart. It's, it's the ability to get, uh, to get to this place where your heart rests in him. See, some of you, you to tell the truth, 
Your life is stressed out. You sing the songs, you listen to the sermons, but you live in anxiety. You've been walking with Jesus, but the question is, how long have you been resting in Jesus? That was good, Jesus. I'm going to say that again. (laughs) Many of you, you've been walking with Jesus, but the question is, how long have you been resting in him? Through Through the difficult times, the difficult relationships, are you resting in Jesus? The crisis, what does it mean to recline, to have a heart that reclines in Jesus, to rest in Jesus. Some of you, you live your life so stressed out, so filled with anxiety, so consumed with your own pursuits, your own desires, and you say you believe? You say you believe in God? For you to believe in him and not rest in him ultimately makes him look bad. For you to say to the world, I believe in a God who's almighty and all-powerful and has all strength and power in his hands. And when they see your life, they see you stressed out and worried and always wondering, I don't know what's going to happen. What's up? It, makes it, as if, it makes it seem as if your God isn't in control. Or it makes you seem as if your God is in control, but he's not good. God is good. God is in control. That's why he's on the seat and our heart reclines at his feet and we rest in him because he is a good and faithful God. So we rest in him. We recline in him. We find our home in this beautiful, comfortable space. You ever been this close to a black guy before? <laughs> I'm just saying, you know what they say. Once you go black. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh. Do you believe him? Is your heart willing to rest in him? It says, if you believe in him, you will not perish. Perish, 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 perish. The idea of perish is it's, it's, it's hell, but it's more than hell. It's not something that happens when you die. Uh, but but perish, perish is bigger than hell. It's bigger than the, the destination. Perish is this idea of, of, of this, it's, it's this methodical, lifelong, slow drifting away from your purpose, your presence, the presence of God. It, it's not this moment that happens in death, but it happens throughout life, and it's this slow drift away. It, it's kind of like, it's kind of like uh, when something fades to black and how when a room gets darker, what, what happens is it's a slow drift away from his marvelous light, from his purpose, from his promise, from his plan, you slowly drift away from his presence and you find yourself consumed by the darkness of this world and his presence, his plan, his peace is a distant cry because you have drifted away 
into the darkness of this world. That's perishing. And it happens every single day. It's not die and go to hell. It's living daily in your flesh and drifting away from God's purpose and God's plan in your life till one day you find yourself sitting in darkness and you don't even notice when, you didn't even notice when the lights were turned out. You know the most dangerous thing about sitting in darkness? Those of you that are watching online, those of you that may, may be sitting there in the commons area and you're sitting and you're watching this, you know, you, know, you know the most dangerous thing about this moment right now? It's how quickly our eyes adjust to the darkness. Your eyes just adjust. You just get used to it. it you, you find the new normal and you find a way to see in the midst of it. You find a way to navigate the darkness. Y'all can still me, and I'm black, and y'all can still see me. <laughs> most dangerous thing about perishing is you can learn how to live like this. Some of you sitting in this room right here, right now, you're learning to live in darkness. You're learning how to navigate darkness. You're going to work in darkness. You're going to school in darkness. You're trying to date in darkness. You're pursuing your wife in darkness. You're trying to raise kids in darkness. You're trying to build your career in darkness, and you're figuring out how to do it. And that's the most dangerous thing about it. That's what Satan wants you to do. He wants you to get so used to the absence of the light of Christ in your life to where this becomes normal. You used to have tears over your sin. You used to have conviction over your behavior, but now you've lost your tears. You don't even cry anymore. You don't even feel convicted anymore. This has become normal. And you've learned to live like this. And what Jesus is trying to help you to understand is that the greatest gift was given to you because you weren't designed to live like this. You weren't made to go to hell. You weren't designed for hell. You weren't designed to perish. You were designed to live. This is not your purpose. You don't have to live like this. You don't have to die like this. You don't have to be like this. This, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. If you would just believe in him, you would not perish, but you would have everlasting life. Turn the lights up really quick. Did did you notice what happened? Did Did you notice what happened to your eyes? Initially, when that light comes in, it's almost offensive. It's almost off-putting. It's like, whoa, it's bright light, bright light, too much, too much. That's what the spirit of the living God wants to do in your soul today. He wants to break in and bring an offensive light to God that will offend your lifestyle, offend your fleshly desires, offend the way that you've been living your life because your life, living for yourself, is offensive to God's life for you where you live for him. So you should be uncomfortable. You should experience discomfort. You shouldn't come to church every Sunday and feel comfortable. If you feel comfortable every Sunday you leave here, that means either you're not hearing the gospel being preached or you're not listening to the gospel being preached because the gospel will make you uncomfortable because he wants it all. He wants your life. He wants your sexuality. He wants your proclivities. 
He wants your greed. He wants your relationships. He wants your parenting. He wants your marriage. He wants it all because he didn't come to share the throne. He came to reign on the throne. So this light breaks in and he brings us into what he calls everlasting life, eternal life. Now, if hell isn't just about death, uh, then heaven isn't just about death. Uh, eternal life isn't something that happens when you die and just go to heaven. No, 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 no. It's bigger than that, bigger than that. Uh, if, if hell is a slow drift away from God, eternal life is this drawing nigh to God. Uh, and it doesn't happen when I die. It happens when I experience the new life of Jesus Christ. When I embrace this gift, I, every day I, I live my life and I'm, I'm drawn to him. And every day I become more and more like my Father. And every day, eternal life, which culminates ultimately when I see His face, this eternal life begins now. It's this new life, this new way of living. Not, not this life where I'm living in my own strength, this life where daily I'm learning to live in His strength and in His power and His hope and His peace and not my worry, not my stress, not my despair, not my discouragement, not my lust, but His hope, His peace, His joy, His purpose, His promise. I learn to walk and live in a new way. And every day I become more and more like my father. It's kind of like this. My, my daughter, uh, she's seven years old. Worst thing you could say to Zoe is you go up to her, somebody said it before, I, I can't be held accountable for what she'll say to you. But she, 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 this little girl, she, says, she says, girl, you look just like your daddy. First of all, my daddy's a dude and he has a beard. Do I look like a dude with a beard? But the girl can't help it. She looks just like me. She was born, looked just like me, two years old, Looked even more like me. Fourth birthday, she got glasses, OMG, SMH. Looked just <laughs> like me. Seven years old, the girl looks more like me now than she ever has. I'm hoping this trend breaks and she starts to look like her mama or else I'm not going to be able to get this girl married off her. <laughs> but she can't help it. Every day, she's looking more and more like her father. That's everlasting life. That's eternal life. That's this new way of living, where every day, I'm not perfect, I still got flaws, but today I look as much like him as I possibly can, but check me out tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm gonna look even more like him. Check me out next year. Next year I'm gonna look even more like him. Check me out five years from now. Five years from now I'm gonna look more like my father than I ever have, but I'll still have room to go because I'm in this thing called eternal life, this new way of living where every single day of my life I'm looking more and more like my daddy. That's eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever, whosoever would believe in him, you would not perish, the slow drift, but you would have everlasting life, where every day I become more like my Father, and his hope I will know, his peace I will know, his promise I will know, because the Savior I now, no. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me?
I'm just going to get straight to the point here. If you're in this room and you say, Albert, I'm perishing. I'm perishing. When I look at my life, I am drifting and I am going the wrong way. And I don't want to be. Today I want to believe. Not just in my mind, not just in my hands, but in my heart. I want my heart to recline at his feet. I want to rest in him. I don't want to perish. I want to live. And I don't want to live my life. I want to live the life that he has for me. If you're in this room and you're living in darkness, if you're in this room and you're perishing, and I don't care, you may say, well, Albert, I'm confused because I've been walking with Jesus for a long time, and I'm just telling you, you can walk with Jesus for a long time, but my question that's on the table this morning is, are you resting in Jesus? Is your heart reclined at his feet? Because my brother and my sister, that's belief. If you're living in darkness, if you're moving the wrong way, and today you say, Albert, I want to be drawn to Christ. I want to believe. I don't want to perish. I want to live. If that's you, I want to pray for you. I'm going to ask you to do something. It's going to require a little courage. But I want to pray for you. I want to pray with you. If that's you, and you say, I'm perishing and I don't want to be, and you're ready for change in your life, if that's you, just stand up right where you are. Just stand up right where you are. Albert, I don't want to perish. I'm perishing and I don't want to be. I'm perishing and I don't want to be. If I was to tell the truth in church today, I'm going in the wrong direction. If I was to be honest about my reality, I'm walking in darkness. And I wasn't made for this. I wasn't designed for this. God's plans are greater for me. God loves me too much to leave me like this, so I'll stand. With arms high and heart abandoned, I'll stand. Right now, I'll stand and trust him because I don't want to live like this anymore. If you're perishing today, I'm here to tell you the good news of Jesus Christ, the good news of the gospel. What he did on the cross is he made available on the third day when he rose with all power, a power that can invite you out of darkness into his marvelous light right now. Right now. He says, all you got to do is come. All you got to do is come unto me. He says, all ye that labor, you're laboring in your own strength, laboring in your own power. Let's just tell the truth. If you could fix yourself, you would have fixed yourself a long time ago. If you could turn yourself around, you would have turned yourself around a long time ago. If you could get yourself out of this, you would have gotten yourself out a long time ago. You need God to do for you what you cannot do for yourself, and that is to save you. Save me, God. Save me. Save. I'm drowning in my selfish pursuits. Save me. He's come to set you free. He's come to set you free. If you're anything like me, I'm I'm just going to tell you, take it from someone who's tried for many years, don't wrestle with this guy. Don't, Don't you sit there and try to fight him. He's too big for you. You don't fight this God, you surrender to this God. I said you don't fight this God, you surrender to this God. What would it mean for you right now to stand and trust him with your life? What would it mean for you right now? You're sitting there as a couple and you know you're living in darkness. 
You know as a family you've been perishing, you've been drifting the wrong way. What would it mean for you right now to take a stand for your family and say, we will walk in the light? We will walk in the light. What would it mean for you to walk away from the addiction and walk into his love? What would it mean for you to walk away from your lust and into his grace and mercy? We're going to pray. But if you're here today and you're perishing and you don't want to be, God loves you too much to leave you where you are. He loves you too much to leave you where you are. Trust him. Stand. Trust him. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. But if you have 15 seconds left, would you trust God with your life? You have 13 seconds left. Would you hit the brakes on this perishing and get off the train and say, God, I trust you. I refuse to die like this. If you had nine seconds, would you just throw in the towel and stop fighting? And would you trust him with your life? Even though you're sitting there and you don't know what the implications are, but I'm telling you, the implications mean, it, the ultimate implication is your heart will never be the same again. Your life will never be the same again. If you had six seconds to wrestle through the implications, would you say faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen? God, I don't see how it's going to work, but I know it is going to work for my good. So I'll trust you with three seconds. If I had a second to turn my life around, I'd stand up for Jesus in that second and say, God, I'm all in. I'm all in. For God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son for you. That if you just believe in him, you wouldn't have to perish, but you really could. I don't care what the devil tried to tell you, you really could. I don't care what your past has against you, you really could have this new life if you just believe. If you just believe. I, I, I'm going to pray, but I, I just sense that someone's sitting there and you're negotiating the terms with God. And I'm going to tell you what, what Satan is trying to use as a trump card to keep you in your seat. And I know I'm not talking to everybody, but I, if, if, this, if this is someone in the room, I just want you to know that the Lord is speaking to you. Don't allow the guilt of your past to hold you captive. Some of you, you're just consumed with the guilt and the shame. It's not even that you're doing the sin anymore. It's the guilt and the shame from the sin of your past. Hear these words, my sister, my brother, who the Son has set free is free indeed. The guilt and shame has been washed away by the blood of the Lamb. Don't allow the abortion to hold you captive. Don't allow fornication to hold you captive. Don't allow the addiction to hold you captive. Don't allow the abuse to hold you captive. Don't allow the bitterness and the anger that you feel 
hold you captive. Don't you allow the divorce to hold you captive. He says it's time to give you a new name. No longer will you be known for the hell you've been through. You will be known for your love of the God who brought you through the hell. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person that's standing in this room. God, we're standing declaring that we don't want to perish, God. What a great gift you've given us. And today, Father, we receive this gift. Father, we believe, but help our unbelief. Transform and renew our minds. Father, we surrender our hands to you, Father, and it's not our will, but your will be done. In our hearts, God, may our hearts be devoted to you and you alone, and may we find rest at your feet. May we resist the temptation to ask you to scoot over or to negotiate terms of how you run our life. But Father, we surrender every area, every aspect of our lives. May our hearts be fully devoted to you. Our money, our relationships, our sexuality, we give you everything. Withholding nothing. Lord, we give you our hearts. May they find rest in you. Now, Father, we know that salvation is more than just a cool moment in church. Salvation is this new way of living into this eternal life that begins in a moment but culminates in all eternity. So, Father, may the journey begin now. Where moment by moment, second by second, surrender by surrender, we look more like you. Father, we rest in you. Every great gift demands a great response. Jesus, here's my response. I give you my life. I give you my soul. Have your way in me. In Jesus' name. Every heart said amen.